In the words of a king, there is power. And as we behold him with unveiled faces, we're transformed into the very image of God. Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. K. Idrisheson, brought to you by Kingswood Ministries International. We believe that as you listen, faith is stirred up in you to become all that God has called you to be. Okay, last week was beautiful, was beautiful. Uh, we started this series on, on ingredients of a fulfilled life. So powerful. I, I, you are not the only one blessed. I was blessed. And we started looking at the fact that there's a purpose of God that your life must be rooted in before you can live a fulfilled life. And purpose is not your thing, it's God's thing that you discover. And we talked about being diligent to discover, develop, deploy, and deploy in order to what? Deliver that purpose. The purpose will not deliver itself. God planned it, but you must agree with God. You must cooperate with God. And we also talked about the fact that you can afford to assume that what you want is what God wants. I know some of us are very confident in ourselves. But listen, your will is not always God's will. And that's why you must be committed in the place of prayer. Because what prayer does is that it purifies you. Because a major part of what is, you know, achieved or accomplished in the place of prayer is consecration. Prayer as a way of aligning you with the will of God. Jesus in Luke chapter 22 verse 42 had to say, Lord, not my will. I know some of you are very, very sure of your will. And you are not a bad person. The same way Jesus was not a bad person. And yet his will was that he was not going to, he did not want to die at some point. And the purpose of God was for him to die. But his will did not want to die. He had to yield that will. Don't be too rigid. I said this is what I'm going to do. I mean, as of the time you are saying what you are going to do, were you informed about the future? No. You are making that decision based on what you knew then. But there's a God that knows everything. Let that God be able to interfere in your life. Give him the right to change his mind, to change your mind. Christ it down. Give God the right to change your mind. So I would rather be a man of God's word and God's will than being a man of my will and word all the time. No, no, no. I said I was going to do it. Now, I know that's how some of you defines integrity. But the integrity of God's word is higher than your personal integrity. Say, no, no, no. Because I said it, I must do it. If God says that is not the best way to do it, swallow your words. Oh, I promised her I'm going to marry her and I can't back out. If God shows you that that promise is a promise that will lead you to hell, not the one there, the one here. I said, no, 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 no. I gave my word. You better hit your word. Go back to her. I said, when I was promising, I did not know enough. I mean, it's okay. I mean, there are certain things you have to do to save your life. I've shared this before. I mean, there was a time I was getting entangled with a girl in the 90s. And it was fun while it lasted. 
Before God told me, if you, if you go that direction, you are finished. So I sent a message to her. I said, we need to see. And she was so excited. She was looking forward because in her mind, she was thinking, she's just going to finalize it, formalize it. Of course, I was going to finalize it. It's just that the final result was not going to be desirable. So she sat down and we were smiling. And in the midst of the smiles, I said, I have something to say. Say it. Say, I can never marry you. Now, listen, listen, I know some of you, I know some of you are like, no, you don't say it that way. Now, I will tell you the reason why I have to say it that way. I needed to say it because I needed to shock her mind. Some of you don't know how to break, you don't know how to break relationship. Now, listen, 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 I know. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a generation that's more, now, listen, let me abuse you a little bit. Because I know I'm talking to a generation that is more emotionally aware than spiritually intelligent. Let me say it I know I'm talking to a generation that is what, what? Emotionally aware than what? Spiritual intelligence. A generation that is so entitled at the expense of their destiny. And there are a lot of things they don't know. Just because you can Google, Google a bunch of things, does not mean you can Google your future. Oh, I've done my research. Which research? When God speaks, it's final. God told me, hand it! If you don't want to be handed... So I said, I can't marry you. I said it nicely. The words were strong. It was said nicely, but I needed to say it because I knew the level of emotional investment she had in me. She cried. But after she recovered from the cry, she said, can we still be friends? Can you see that? Somebody just told you. He can never make you say, can we still be friends? I said, I'm sorry. We can't even be friends. Listen, before you start rationalizing it, Listen, it's destiny we're talking about. I said, we can't even be friends. She said, why? He said, because if I remain your friend, you will be walking your way to becoming girlfriend. And eventually, I said, I can't do it. There are certain things you need to court. There are certain people you are chatting with now. You need to stop chatting. God has told you there's no future. I just say, enjoy his company. Which company? LLC or so, so proprietorship. <laughs> I mean, there's a saying where I came from. They say, what you are not going to eat, you don't put it close to your nose. I mean, you are not going there. <laughs> it's called flirting. Stop flirting with something that will destroy you. I had to. I'm, I, I don't hate her. But it's just a choice based on revelation. And I knew I had to be firm. You know, there are people that at some point, you will need to make a decision. We can't be this close again. Because you know that intimacy is compromising your effectiveness. When an association becomes toxic, what do you do? You choose. I've said before you life and death. You choose life that you may live. So your failure to choose life means you have chosen death. Of course, nobody in this right man will say, yeah, I choose death. But the moment you refuse or you fail to choose life, what have you chosen? Death. And when you choose death, what happens? I know you don't want to say it. But you know what I'm talking about. You die. There are people that the gift of God inside of them have literally died based on the choices they make. Not my will, but your will be done. Don't be so sure. 
What you want is what God wants. Don't be too sure. Commit it in the place of prayer. In fact, there's a prayer type called the prayer of consecration. Of course, you don't pray that prayer when it comes to things that the will of God is already revealed, like healing. Lord, if not your, if it's your will to heal me, no, come on, that's ignorance. It's his will to heal. That's why Jesus died. He bore your sins and he was whipped because of your what? Your sicknesses. So why are you asking again? The will is revealed. But a bunch of things that you don't have a clear revelation of what is the will of God until God reveals it to you. And that's why just because you will in a certain direction, you cannot be too sure that is God's direction. So you remain flexible enough for God to change the direction of your life. Don't insist on your will because your will is not always his will. Just because you want it does not mean God sanctions it. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your path. If it's not acknowledged, he cannot direct if you don't invite him, he cannot run the wheel. Factor in God, factor primarily in God's grace, we are living his concern. This is so powerful. Factor primarily, factor primarily in God's grace, we are living his concern. Your life should be built around the grace of God. I love what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10. He says, I am what I am. I am what I am by the grace of God. Now, Paul went to school. He, when, he's, when you're talking about, you know, being educated, he was one of the most educated, most informed people in his generation. He was a lawyer. By the way, do you know when they were getting Stephen killed, he was the person that gave them the legal covering and said, feel free, it's okay. Nobody's going to deal with you. I sanction it. He was informed. He was a Pharisee of Pharisee. He was well studied, well learned. And yet, he said, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. So he attributed his life to the grace of God. And listen to me, the, the products made by grace are the best products in life. I know some of you, you are so, you are very particular about your products. Okay, once you see made in China. No. Even the ones that is not made in China, it's made in China. <laughs> China makes more than any other nation. That's the truth. Even your company in America makes from China. They just bring it from China and assemble here. Well, that's the word for another day. But the point I'm trying to make is this. The best products are made by grace. What is God's grace? God's grace speaks of God's unmerited favor. In other words, what God gives you that you don't deserve, simply based on his love nature. Your life should not be defined by what you have done for yourself. Oh, yes, I'm Harvard trained, um, you know, which other school? Northwestern change. You can put your school too. Be proud of your school. Does your school not have name? Yes, yeah, like someone says I'm Dayero trained, you know, that's a school. <laughs> God bless you. I mean, be proud of it. Listen, gentlemen, it's the product of a school that makes the school. Just because you are successful, your school is good. 
Satisfy your school by your... Oh, you don't know my school? My God. You see me. You can imagine how good my school is. Now, listen. Whatever you receive in the natural is, is incomparable to the supernatural results that grace brings into your life. So when you are factoring, when, you are, you're about, when you're thinking about your life and what you're going to be doing and, you know, you, the, the, the steps you're going to be taking, don't make it primarily about what you have done in the natural. Because there's limitation to the natural. There are people that, you know, cross all the T's and dot all the what the I's. And yet, things are not coming together. I don't know if you have met a few of them. You are not one of them. Definitely, you are not one of them. But you've met people like that, very diligent. And yet, with all their diligence, they have nothing to show for it. Because there are forces beyond the natural. I don't know if you know there are forces beyond the natural. I'm just going to read hard, walk hard, and you will die hard if you are not careful. As you are doing everything hard, hard, hard. You will drive yourself so hard, one day you just die. Hard work is not what makes people primarily write it down. And those of you have been to some seminars, say, just hard. Hard, pray hard, work hard, everything hard, hard, hard. He said, the blessing of the Lord makes rich and added no sorrow. Don't you want to live a good life? You know, because if you keep on working hard the way you are talking, you will be so tired that you can't even enjoy the fruit of your labor. <laughs> it's your children that will be thanking God for your life. <laughs> Say, Grandpa worked hard, but thank God for him. Because <laughs> a good man leaves the inheritance for his children's children. Now, I know you are going to leave the inheritance for your children, but please, in your lifetime, you must enjoy the fruit of your labor. How many of you agree with me? And if you really want to enjoy a good life, it's going to be by the grace of God. You want to be fulfilled, make it about the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we started this service talking about the fact that if God does not help you this year, there are a bunch of things you will not be able to accomplish. Why do we pray? Because we need grace. When I see any prayerful person, do you know what it communicates to me? It depends on God's grace. When I see somebody who is so busy that because of his busyness, he cannot pray. Do you know what it means? Number one, it means he's proud. And number two, it means it depends on his hard work more than God's grace. He said, let us come boldly to the throne of grace. Every time you dedicate time to prayer. For example, this morning, my wife and I were coming to church. And it just don't mean that we need to pray for our children. So we spend a good part of the trip praying in the Holy Ghost for our children. So I said, oh, you pray for your children. Don't you pray for your children? Especially in this world, you better learn to pray for your children. There are demons all over the space. Levels, layers. But there's something about surrounding your children with the influence of God. And that's what prayer does. So spending time in prayer is you saying, I need God's grace. I need God's grace. Make sure this year you are grace dependent and be intentional about grace. It's not just talking grace, it's living grace. And living grace means spending more time in prayer. So anybody that tells you doesn't pray because grace has done it is an illiterate who get where grace is concerned. Because grace is saying, I need help. And that's the position of prayer. Submit yourself to God. That's prayer. Acknowledge him in all your ways. Let him run you. Let him run your family. You know, you've been thinking, you've been researching. Have you prayed? We're going to take time to strategize. Have you prayed? 
what you are supposed to do first, you have left it aside and you are doing everything. Factor primarily on God's grace in this new year. I need the grace of God. I depend on the grace of God. That's why I spend time in prayer. I'm grace conscious. I am what I am by the grace of God. We come boldly to the throne of grace that we might obtain, obtain, obtain mercy. And f- <laughs> we come to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in times of need. I am what I am by the grace of God. What I'm doing this morning, if not for the grace of God, is impossible. It's not because I've studied. The doors I have in the different aspects of my life, not just in ministry, is because the grace of God is at work. If you're going to live where you are and go to the next level, grace will have to lift you. Hmm. So let grace take you. Grace is real. It's not about hard work. I mean, some things happen in life that don't make sense. For example, they are playing after final today and Egypt. Now you hear Egypt, we'll be in the final. Tosin, does it make sense? Winning by penalty. Whether it's by penalty or not penalty, they are winning. The match that they, it's, in fact, some of the matches, you look at there, they didn't play anything. Grace is real. You know, there are certain things I see in life that communicates that it's not by mozu. Yesterday, they thought, they thought place, I mean, they thought place, a place, I mean, of the half con. I, I mean, of course, I didn't watch it live, but when I got to my real life, I said, let me just watch the highlights. And I made sure I didn't see the score line. Or the end of the result, the result itself before watching the highlights. The match started. Burkina Faso scored. I said, okay, wow. And they scored second goal. They were already jubilating. Second half started. They scored third goal. Up to 70 something minutes, they were still leading three goals. But you know the end result? Cameroon won. How do you explain that? They applied themselves for over 75% of the match. But in 15 minutes, they just got their hacks together. I declare in the name of Jesus in this season, in spite of all your mistakes and messes, I see the grace of God stepping in and organizing your life towards success. If you have to analyze the different statistics of the match, they should have won, but it's not by statistics. At the end of the day, people say, what is the final result? It's not how many percentage you have in possession. How many free kicks did you take? How many, how many goal-bound moves is how many goals did you score? Nothing scores effectively like grace. You will have watched certain matches in life. The other team, the other thing they were doing, defending, the other team, they were playing their half. Just one strike. Boom! And it was a goal. And after scoring that goal, they went back to the defense and packed the boss. And they won. They didn't say, because of your effort, because you are the attacking team for most of the match, we're going to award the match to you. Life is not about being fair. That's where grace comes in. Let God distinguish you by grace. Write it down. Let God distinguish you by grace. Factor of grace depends on grace. Don't always think, yes, I work hard. Apply yourself. Last week I talked about being diligent. To discover, to develop, and to what to deploy. So, no, I'm not talking down on diligence, but there's a factor greater than diligence. It's called the grace of God that gives you what you don't deserve. Let God show up for you. You know, the kind of miracles, can I prophesy this morning? The kind of miracles that will make you to cry. 
I declare as your children are growing up, you will see their help, their manifestation, and you will break down in tears. Because you will know that you cannot be me. I know some of you, you are very, very good parents. You always, ah, you know, my children are have a train. Like I was watching a movie the other day. No, not, not a movie, a series. And they said, in this preschool, it's a preschool. He said, we train them for Harvard. <laughs> what kind of pressure are you bringing? <laughs> a child <laughs> said, we're grooming. We said, in this school, we groomed. <laughs> and one of the parents, one of the parents said, in fact, you have just helped me to make a decision. My child is not coming here. <laughs> and because I learned something from that, from that series, he said, that's the way I was raised. He said, it's not always all this. He said, I want my child to be free. I want my child to grow up like a normal child. I want my child, of course, it's, it's not just book. You know, some people, the way they raise their children, the only thing they know is book. Street failure. They don't know anything. It's only book education. Book is good. But listen, it's not just about book and, you know, his, his. Some of you have realized not the, your best student was not necessarily the best, the, best, the, best, the best person in life. For example, in my final year, I had a label. Do you want to know my label? That my classmates gave me, should I tell you, NFA. It's not Nigerian Football Association. It's no future ambition. My classmates will look at me because in my final year, everybody will be talking about, okay, I'm going to do my master's in the UK. I'm going to do my master's in America. I will just be looking at them. They say, okay, what are you planning? They say, let me, let me just leave this school. <laughs> and I'm being sincere. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, my life is bigger than this department. As an 18-year-old, I already had the revelation of God. And he showed me a path in life. And as far as I'm concerned, thank God for this education, but my life is more than this education. It's okay. I will not, I will finish it. But all you're thinking, I don't know where I'm going yet. But I know God has a plan for me. Do you know in that class today, there's nobody whose name is more known than me. I've never met anybody that was in my class that does not want to associate with me. But yet, it's not about, I mean, there are some people, the way they read, they make you feel irresponsible. How many of you have people like that in their class? You saw them, are you like, you put your hands on your head, say my life. You, you thought you had finished reading. And when you saw and they called you, say, have you done this? Have you done? <laughs> you thought you had confidence for the Has it happened to anybody or it's just me? But after discussing with them, you're like, is it the same exam? <laughs> you're like, okay. I need to go and study more. I've seen certain things in life that taught me a great lesson. I remember my final year class, I was supposed to do... There was a class, let me remember it. It's not physiology, it's a pharmacology. There was a pharmacology class I was supposed to have, a clinical pharmacology class, and you know, when the timetable came out, it was literally clashing with fellowship time, church time. 
And I was the pastor. And that was my last semester. And I was supposed to groom a leader and handover. And, and I saw that timetable. I said, there's no way. I'll go to all these classes. I'll be able to do what God has called me to do, to hand over effectively. So I made a choice. I said, since it's Alpha and Omega, I will take the first class and the last class. <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel in between. <laughs> I'm serious. That's what I literally do. I told God, I said, you understand. I would love to be in this class throughout the semester. I'm not asking you to do the same thing, but I'm just telling you what I did. So, and, you know, I just tuned off. I said, and that's final year. That was kind of risky. I mean, if I, if I made any mess, that means I'm, I was going to repeat. But I said, I don't care. This is more important. So, so I'll get the notes from my classmates. But it's not the same thing. So what, what, what are you taught? Okay, okay. That's what I did the whole semester. Do you know a day before the exam? God is my witness. I was just walking around trying to prepare, you know, getting things. And I saw a friend just came to me and said, I, I, I saw this, you know, this of questions, and I think they're interesting. Can we go through it together? He said, why not? So I sat with my friends. I went through it. Okay. A, B, C, D, E, F. And we did everything. I said, oh, good, good, good. So okay. So and I went to sleep. <laughs> and I woke up. And lo and behold, they start the question paper. And I, the same arrangement, like, glory be to God. <laughs> glory be to God. <laughs> I had the best results in that class. Yes, call it Expo. It's called Grace Expo. <laughs> Come on, put your hands together. I had, listen, clinical pharmacology, distinction, not just distinction, you know the 99.99. Now, this is not to discourage hard work, but it tells you there is more than hard work. I know people that are handing six figures, 250,000. You know, the only thing they did right was they were at the right place early in their career. And there was a boss that just took a liking to them. And everywhere, the boss who is hardworking gets a job, he takes them along. Pastor, you know such stories. In fact, there, there was one job he got like seven years, the person I'm referring, uh, referring to. The boss, as they were hiring the boss, the boss just told them, okay, I'm not coming alone. There's somebody I've always worked with and he must come along. And they look at his qualification and the, the, all, the, 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 the position he was recommending for. And he's like three steps, be, I mean, higher than him. He said, Yo, you have to promote him. There's a recommendation by grace. Grace is real. Lift up your two hands and say, I live, by grace. I live by grace. So when we're just talking about the grace of God, it's not just, oh, he saved me. He saved you. Live by it. Don't just get saved by grace and now live the rest of your life by hard work. Let grace carry you. Let grace open door for you. Let grace connect you to people. Raise your children in the consciousness of God's grace. Do your career in the consciousness of God's grace. Stop boasting about your effort. Oh, yeah, I'm very hardworking. I put in, I put in. Stop. I'm not saying you should not apply diligence. But factor in the grace of God. When you are talking about the future, talk from the point of the grace of God will help me. Because where your effort cannot get you, grace gets you quicker. 
Grace accelerates your path in life. For example, this facility is a grace product. When several churches were looking for buildings like this in Chicago, and we were not even looking for anything because we felt Semak was okay. Boom. Talking at Pastor Godman in Godfrey's event several, a couple of years ago, maybe five years ago, thereabout. This lady walked up to me after just five, ten minutes hesitation. So you blessed me. I'm like, thank you. He said, I've never had anybody bless me like this all my life. I'm like, ah. I just talked for ten minutes. And the lady went to sit back, sit down. Then he came back. He said, Pastor, I'm not normally like this, but I believe God will have me say this. He said, what? My, my grandfather's church belongs to you. This is the facility. We paid close to nothing. The building across this building and the administrative building, 540,000. Even the same act we are living, <laughs> we bought it 750 <laughs> since. <laughs> get on your feet, get on your feet. Semak, <laughs> 750. This one, 540. How do you explain that? Except the Lord build the house. They labor in vain. I declare in 2022, you will not labor in vain. If you want labor to be fruitful, run it by grace. Nobody is saying you should, be, you should be lazy, you should be slothful. But factor in grace. As you are burning your midnight candle, just remember, it's not the midnight candle that will bat the breakthrough. If grace does not bat it. Some people have burned midnight candle and they die burning it. It's by, if by hard work, Some people, if it's by hard work that people succeed, the people that should be more successful, you don't know them. <laughs> Very hard working. Hard work is not enough. Even brain work is not enough. Let grace carry you. You know, God gave me a song a few years ago. Carry me, oh Lord. Carry me up in your hands. In myself, I am weak, but belongs to you. Carry me up in your
often opens door like grace. Carry me. <laughs> oh, oh. Carry me. step up your life a lot of times it gives you an opportunity to to encounter persons of grace there are people that they are embodiment of grace and you know the, the mistake a lot of us make we meet some of those people and we we take it casual There are people that carry the grace. It's real. It's real. Oh, griala kataya kataya kaya. Egegege de yeki ataya gaga bososobo. Grace is real, oh. Madaya kataya. Hey. Grace is real. And when you encounter somebody that carries it, ladies and gentlemen, listen, when you encounter somebody that carries grace, don't, don't, don't do casual with them. Be intentional. Walk with them. Walk closely to them, with them. Honor them. Listen, there are some of you, there are people in your life you call friends. After the service, you need to give them a call and say, okay, okay, I've been dealing with you as a friend, but from today, you are no longer a friend. You are a mentor. It's going to take that level of humility for some of you to go to your next level. Because listen, if you deal with somebody as a friend, you will receive a friend's reward. I was listening to Midred Okonko a few, a few weeks ago when her husband, during her husband's birthday, and she said something that marked me. He said, I did something two years ago that changed my life. He said, I've never shared this before, but I'm going to share it. He said, people will come and give testimonies about my husband, how he said something, he did something. And you know, their lives changed. And he said, that day the Lord spoke to me. He said, if you receive him as a husband, you will receive husband rewards. If you receive him as a friend, you will get his friend rewards. He said, those people that are coming to give testimony, they received him as a prophet. So he said, did something crazy that day. He said, when her husband came back from work, he said, she knelt down and said, I'm giving you this. He said, initially, the Kisley laughed. <laughs> is this one of your prank? Why are you doing this? He said, no, no, no. This is no joke. I'm doing this by revelation because I had a dealing with the Lord. He said, okay. He said, he said and he held him, held her, and he said, he said something. He said, Lord, He said, from today, I give you my platform. And he said, he said, you know, two years, it was like the whole world just opened. And he said, it's all connected to that day. She recognized that though 
I might be living with this man, though I might have children with this man, the only way the grace on this man will translate to my own results is I must see him the same way the people that are giving testimony see him. I'm using that example, but I'm not just talking, but the real point I need to make is casual relationship. I'm not even talking about husband and wife. That's not the point. They are, because I would say, oh yeah, husband and wife. No, forget about husband and wife. God told me to tell you as I close, that there are people that I put in your life on purpose to take you to the next level, but you are casual with them. Just because they are friendly, they give you access there's something called spiritual intelligence. Listen, it's, it's, it's foolish to know somebody is your senior and you are trying to pretend like you are mates. It's not foolish. And it's pride. I have friends. They are friends. I've known them for 20 years plus. When they want to make major decisions in their lives, they call me. Say, I'm coming to Chicago. I'm coming to see you. They could have had a discussion with me over the phone. Say, I'm coming to see you and I'm going to stay for three days. Because I, I realized that all the major steps in my life that turn things around, they say, you are there. And I need you for this phase. You know, I have friends that have given me permission to speak into their lives as mentors. You know, the dynamics of this thing is crazy. My pastor, Pastor Victor, who has been my pastor for close to 30 years, do you know there are some of his friends that are my friends? And a foolish man, because of that, say, ah, God has left. He's still my pastor. In fact, there are people in his life that he holds in high esteem, that they hold me in high esteem. Because this thing is, and there are different areas. It's my pastor. There are certain areas I'm gifted in that people look up to me, especially. Because a lot of people, they take it for granted that the reason why it was on broadcast on Thursday, on Friday, it was intentional. I needed him to speak over the work in this new year. So come. Come, sir. We need to bless you. But first of all, we need you to speak over our lives. There are graces that God, now, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. But God is going to put grace in men and give you access to those men. The question is, are you going to be spiritually intelligent enough to recognize that these people are not just friends? Now, I want you to go and think after this service. Who have I been calling friends that is a grace carrier? Which relationship do I need to what? Evaluate or reevaluate in order to move to the next level. Or is there anybody that at a time in my life I was deliberate about the grace of God upon them, but as a result of access, I became casual. And the moment I became casual, that grace could not touch me. The same grace that changed me now does not do anything in my life because of familiarity. Jesus was his hometown, and because they have always known him as a carpenter, he could not bless them. Oh, is he not the son of the carpenter? Familiarity will cost you your next level because somebody will carry grace that can release you, but you can't see it. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh -huh. 
do you know, I remember several years ago, Bishop Oedepo was in the country, was having a meeting in Houston. I flew from Chicago to Houston to be with him. And somebody came also to come and see him because he was his senior in high school. And he felt like, ah, since he has become a big man now, he can help him. True life story. I saw the man. You should have knelt down and said, lay hands on me. What has made you can make me? He was just like, hey, sir, hey, I have this proposal. Foolish man. Can you give me money? Ha. Ha. Of course, he gave him something. But some of us flew and took money to give him. He came to collect money. Not knowing you use money to even collect something higher than money. I know him. He was my senior. He said, Senior David. He's a senior David. You will receive the reward of a senior. A few thousands of dollars that will not change your life. And people flew from different places, white, black. He said, there's something on this man that can move my life to a higher level. I need to serve the grace, honor the grace, and be deliberate about the grace. Some of you are mad about certain people. They have not helped me. God is supposed to help you, not man. Stop looking for men to help you. Look for grace that can raise you. When grace is meant to raise you, you are looking for men to help you. Spiritual intelligence. You want to fulfill, you want to live a fulfilled life in 2022, you must be intelligent. You must be deliberate. You must be intentional about God's grace and realize they are grace carrier. The Bible says he gave gifts unto men. There are going to be gifts around you. Don't call them friends. Call them grace carrier. Label them. These are grace carrier. Of course, we say we are friends, but they are more than friends. There's something on them. Some of them are your friends in church. It change the dynamics of, their, of your relationship. It's, oh, joke as friend, but change it once in a while. Say, okay, what do you think I should do? And you realize the moment you, you allow them to speak into their life, issue will flow into your life. So I use that example of husband and wife, not because I'm very particular about that dynamics, but to just give you a picture of how being casual can rob you of your next level. told me to tell you, he said, there are people who are already carrying what will move to you, to the next level around you. But the problem is you are not intelligent enough to identify it. You are casual. Ah, <laughs> Dr. K, I see Dr. K every time he joins. Oh, yeah, he bridges the roads. Do you know there are people that they only have access to me three times a year, four times a year, but they draw more than most of you? Because those four times, they see it as moments that will turn their lives. And just because I give you high five, you forget. <sighs> it's the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. But Jesus, who is the custodian of the grace, has allocated the grace to certain men. He gave gifts to men. There are men that are gifts to you. How do you treat them? Because if you receive them as prophets, you will receive prophet rewards. If they are friends, you will get friends rewards. Have I spoken from heaven this morning? It's going to take more than hard work. Let grace carry you. The things you've been trying to do, just a word will change it. I have so much to say, but I can't go past this. Is it worth it?
Come on, lift up your hands and honor Jesus. Come, come on, pray. pray for one minute. Just pray for one minute. Pray for one minute. Be spiritual, intelligent. Remember, every time you pray, you are making a statement. I depend on grace. That's the statement you are making. Every time you pray, you are making a statement. I depend on grace. Every time you pray, you are making a statement. I depend on grace. Come on, come on. Every time you pray, you are making a statement. I depend on grace. Come on, pray, pray, pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, come on, pray, pray. Grace is what will take you from where you are to your next level. It's what will change your story. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We hope you've been richly blessed by this teaching from Kingswood Ministries International. Feel free to visit our website at kingswood.org for more inspiring teachings by Dr. K. Ijishasong. There you'd also find other helpful materials and further information about this ministry. God bless you richly.